Hello and welcome to Mind Mastery, a ray of hope, the show that shares real-life extraordinary stories of ordinary people about their determination, persistence, and never giving up. I'm Gunjan Sinha, your host. I'm an executive and life coach and owner of Mindfeed Coaching. I coach individual contributors, first-time managers, leaders within the organization, and individuals and youth in the life coaching space. First of all, wishing all my listeners a very happy new year. Wow, what a year 2020 has been. Undeniably, it was a period of massive devastation and heartbreaks. And it was not only the pandemic which was hurting. 2020 also saw other catastrophes all around the world. At the same time, for many of us, this has been an incredibly transformative and life-changing year. If I talk about myself personally, 2020 has presented some unforeseen challenges, but it has also given me a tremendous opportunity to slow down, pause, and do some deep thinking around my life, my commitment to things I care deeply about, and my core values. So here's looking to a healthier, brighter, and hopeful 2021. And with that, I would like to introduce my first guest of this new year, Paramita. Welcome, Paramita, to Mind Mastery. It's my pleasure to have you in my show. Paramita is an international executive and leadership coach working globally across sectors, public and corporate. She lives between Brussels, Cannes, New York, and India. I describe her as generous, inspirational, determined. Over to you, Paramita. Would you like to share with our audience a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Uh, I believe we are made up, uh, we are who we are uh, through our early influences. And uh, here, uh, I would really like to pay tribute to my parents who were highly admired, not to say venerated professors. And I also come from a lineage of very strong women who've made their mark. My mother was a Fulbright scholar and became the youngest head of department at age 33 in what is India's premier women's college today, Lady Sriram College. My paternal grandmother began writing poetry at age 45 and won all the major literary prizes for her three anthologies. And her sister, my great aunt, was a freedom fighter alongside Gandhi and became the first speaker of the Orissa Legislative Assembly in 1936 at age 34. So it was clear to me that women worked and made their way in the world. So it's no accident that I was brought up to be a career woman. It was just kind of natural. Uh, A very early influence in my life was that I had a very early brush with death. I was about aged four then, and um, I was considered a medical miracle. And that harks back to my determination, maybe I just had the will to live. And that's something that I think back upon. And often if I do have moments of doubt or hesitation, I always feel, well, if I did come out alive, it must have been for a purpose. In any case, with my temperature running as high as 106 to 108 degrees Fahrenheit, my, apparently my mother reminds me, tells me that told me rather she is no more that I was never delirious and that I was always able to reassure her that I was feeling slightly better than before Uh, 
So the end result of this was that my health was a real issue and the doctors advised my parents you know much to their heartbreak that uh, I would have to go away and uh, be brought up in a boarding school and so at the age of 5 and a half I learned to pack my bags and to uh, go away to boarding school and this led to my becoming uh, an early self manager because in boarding school of course you're taken care of but quite early you learn to manage yourself uh, you know you learn to find your space with your schoolmates and it's not not just going to school and coming back home to do homework but your whole life is spent uh, with other children and uh, mm-hmm. this suited my extroverted personality remarkably well so that led to my going for my higher secondary school to Rishi Valley and i must say that that has been very foundational in making me who i am rishi valley was founded by the world renowned philosopher jitu krishnamurthy and the underpinnings of the philosophy of the way the school was run was that there was absolutely no competition no one was marked as being as coming first or second or last it just didn't matter and this was so important to allowing every child to discover their own gifts and there was no sense of comparing yourself to anybody else so you learned that you were unique and the school did everything to enable that self belief in each of us so that's how i grew up and i must say that that imprinted itself very well into who i am today so if i were to mention one of the other things that has been a great influence it was one of the only mandatory activities that we had which was that we learned to meditate and this was meditating at the most gorgeous sunsets sitting on top of a hill and meditation became an absolutely embedded practice in my life since the age of 10 and uh, maybe to you know make a reference to what we're going through today which you mentioned gunjan about what 2020 mm-hmm. has been like i think that that meditation has really been an anchor in my life so um mm. this is what life gave me life had been very very generous with me and um, mm-hmm. you know i could ask myself aloud so what did i choose from all these gifts that life gave me well in india of my times as a young woman coming out of my education um there were very few career opportunities uh, this is the early 70s so one of the big doorways was uh, writing the all india civil services exam and i was very clear that the only service i wished to join was the indian foreign service i chose the foreign service because i was really interested in the world what was happening in the world i was always very keen on general knowledge on knowing what was you know making the world tick what was happening around us and it's an interesting and very curious fact that i began reading the newspaper at least the headlines since i was aged 8 so in a way i would say that was a kind of long term preparation for the indian yeah, foreign service age 8 i yeah. absolutely knew i didn't want to join the ias Mm-hmm. and that was because i don't think i would have uh, been able to uh, you know obey the orders of politicians and uh, you know just 
political influence and so on that was not some something that i adhered to and so it was either the foreign service or the indian information service which was a very mm-hmm. small service because the other thing that i was very interested in because of my interest in world affairs was journalism and i would have liked to be a journalist but again journalism wasn't that well developed in india those days it has come a long way uh, it has you know flourished and it is one of the the you know uh, great nations of a free press today so um yes what else uh i also didn't want to join the private sector because in those days again the private sector was selling product you know uh, marketing and uh, you know getting goods onto some sort of marketplace in a competitive sphere and i said well if i have to sell something i may as well sell something really big and what i wished to sell through joining the foreign service was selling india to the world so it was not a small ambition and uh, that's how i landed up in the foreign service and uh, after 2 years of training i was sent to paris what a dream that was uh yeah. you know i was 24 years old and uh, with the double cultural shock of of course arriving in this magnificent city it's not for nothing that is called the city of lights and i was sent there really to learn french and as i had uh, a great passion for literature uh, world literature i had read a lot of french literature um in translation so i really made up my mind to become very very good at this language because paris was very monolinguistic uh, in those days it's changed a lot and uh, if you had to communicate with anyone you just had to be very good at french so that's what i did i spent my uh, first few months in paris mastering the language and then you know uh, well became a full-fledged diplomat and this lasted you know as long as it did but i realized within about 8 years of that career that first of all having been brought up in a school with such immense autonomy and freedom like rishi valley you're really not cut out to be a, a rule obeying procedural flourishing in the bureaucracy and i i realized that mm-hmm. i was at uh, at a struggle there there were tensions in my value system and what was expected of me as a young bureaucrat and so uh, short of age 30 i made my first big decision second big decision mm-hmm. and that was to give up the foreign service and uh, mm-hmm. you know this was uh, not an easy thing to do but i did and um, it coincided with my decision to marry Uh, a non-indian which was not allowed in those days you had to just give up your career in the foreign service so it was a double penalty if you wish you know to give up um, a career and uh, well my double penalty was that my parents found that very hard to take and um, they went into some sort of emotional exile and broke off all contact with me so it was my very big existential crisis and i believe going through that on my own seeking no help really just facing the let's say the uh, result of my own decision uh, i believe that has really forged my strength of character um often the word courageous is applied to me uh and i guess that is an example of just you know 
going ahead with whatever you chose. So of course, as I said, I was meant for a world of work and so I had to quickly find work and I uh, tried to see what I could make myself useful with. So I went into what is called sometimes track two diplomacy, parallel diplomacy. I started helping uh, Indian, uh, sorry, um, missions here in uh, Brussels, mm -hmm. um, embassies, diplomatic missions to express their policies towards the EU institutions. And, uh, you know, that's how I found a second career as a strategic communications consultant. And then another tragedy hit me. Uh, eight years into my marriage, the person for whom I had given up all this uh, just died very suddenly. And uh, there again, it was a question of picking up the pieces of my life again and just uh, reinventing myself and creating a, a new future for myself. So that's what I did. I carried on with my consulting, but suddenly I found this newfound freedom, if you wish, of reorganizing, restructuring my life without any constraints, no family structure. And uh, so I went back to what I, I really loved doing, which was studying. I went back to study as a mature student. I uh, wanted to again understand this international context in which I live from a different perspective. So I studied social and cultural anthropology. Uh, I got a postgraduate mm -hmm. diploma in that. And the big discovery then for me was that my real profession is I'm a lifelong learner. I just love studying. And so I carried on studying from there. I trained to be a psychotherapist. And um, it's really my first training in my helping profession, which took six years which brought mm -hmm. me to where I am today. So long story short, I'm a coach today. I'm in another helping profession than the one I was initially trained for. But I think it also says something about the fact that I've always looked forward. And in therapy, you do have to look back a lot. And uh, that didn't really suit who I am as a person. So yes, I think I've uh, summed up for you my uh, you know, bringing my life full circle. I uh, work as a yeah. coach today. Uh, it gives mm -hmm. me immense meaning and purpose to my life to help others. And who I am flows naturally into my profession. And uh, I guess this links back to the three words in which you described me at the beginning, which is not really how I describe myself, but how I ask close friends and associates to describe me. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Paramita, for sharing, you know, those gems from your life's journey. And, uh, you know, what I'm really curious about to know the things that you mentioned about being courageous, you know, especially when you're giving, uh, giving up those foreign services or, you know, parents breaking up contacts with you or when you kind of you face that setback of when your husband died or so being that courageous, the word that you used and finding freedom. In, in your life, what were some of the challenges, you know, that you faced and what attributes of yours helped you to navigate through those obstacles in your life journey? So, um, I would say that um, because of the way I was brought up, I really was very, very anchored in my belief in myself. Uh, and I knew mm -hmm. no matter what, I would, uh, you know, go through it, that I would uh, 
learn something from it i mean not perhaps at a conscious level but i i always believed that there was a future of promise for myself and so even in the sort of darkest moments uh, i was always able to envision that there was light ahead of it and you know it was one day at a time gunjan i think meditation mm-hmm. allows you to focus tremendously on the present moment and so from one moment to the next to the next when you're fully present to yourself and to what is around you uh, you're able to let's say seize upon whatever opportunity comes your way because you're fully alive in the moment and this is um, this is what i think has has uh, brought me through you know of just being fully present i can't i can't explain it any any better than that and i guess when you're fully present you also see your life as a movement you see it while you're still you just can see the flow of how life has brought you to where you are today and that allows you mm-hmm. to kind of make sense of it and then to take that mm-hmm. forward but to never lose sight of the meaning i mean being able to ask yourself well why am i here now and what is expected of me and it's by no accident that i am in a profession which is uh, of service to others you know and uh, that is very important to me as a coach to be fully there for my uh, clients and to help them also mm-hmm. find their own meaning and purpose because that is a life well lived i think wow i can say that you know it's, it's so beautifully summed up you know how what the, what were the challenges and how did you kind of overcome that what can you look for in on a brighter side uh, of it right so i'm so so inspired by your story paramita and um, you know the other thing that i would really like to share with the audience i'd like to know from you is you know what i believe is the emotions and the feelings the kind of things when we go through a hardship mm-hmm. so the difficult times in our life they kind of overpower our uh, thinking patterns sometimes so you know how, how does one kind of work through those uh, you know those emotions and those mm-hmm. feelings and uh, come across as you know winning those mind battles so maybe something that i'd like to mention it's almost like a non emotion the one thing i mm-hmm. never remember at all or recall is any kind of notion of self pity no sense of mm-hmm. oh poor me you know so uh maybe the emotion was more of okay how can i be strong because uh, strength is an emotion it is uh, it is an anchor yeah. and um, you know i think when you're constantly striving to find meaning that is also uh, being purposeful is an emotion i mean uh, you live it at a cognitive plane but i think deep down um, you're nurturing something in yourself so maybe another emotion would be self compassion not pity mm-hmm. not anything other than okay let me be kind to myself kindness is an emotion it's an emotion one can feel for others and i do very much uh, but i allowed myself to be kind to myself self love is an important emotion because at that moment feeling deprived of what i completely believed in you know that you know my parents loved me 
you know of course they love me mm-hmm. all that they gave me it didn't come out of anything other than real what i thought was unconditional love and then there's suddenly those moments of self doubt and you just have to anchor your belief in yourself and i i i think that sort of sums it up and then continue to believe in life you know because there is something grander than ourselves if we limit ourselves to just who we are we kind of shrink and when you believe in something nobler grander than yourself uh, it allows you to choose i believe wisely and i think a lot of my coaching is about enabling people to make the wisest possible choices for themselves so if i may come to a very happy right. choice that i made after being a a widow for uh, 10 years mm-hmm. and it was you know um in a way it was a lot of freedom and autonomy i traveled uh, uh, the globe by myself and I, i you know loved all that but um at the age of 50 i got married to a, a you know a very creative wonderful person who's a musician mm-hmm. a writer a filmmaker a, a real partner in my life and uh, we are, we support yeah. each other because i support his creativity mm-hmm. i don't consider myself a creative person uh, i guess mm-hmm. i'm creative in my coaching but that's about it and he yeah. you know completely supports me in my profession and does everything to create a supportive framework around uh my career so that i can flourish and succeed and in so doing of course it's not my little success my own life is about helping others to succeed to find their dreams for them to dream big to dream in for whatever they wish you know and to accompany them towards their dreams so uh yeah i think uh i think um that's about it yeah yeah and thank you so much uh, paramita for you know sharing that with uh, our audience today with uh, everybody who's listening because uh, you know there's so so much for a business to take away from today's show you know it has elements of uh, how do you describe commitment confidence dare courage drive and vision focus perseverance forgiveness hope gratitude enthusiasm and i can go on and on because you're very <laughs> very generous kunjan thank you <laughs> right so thank you once again for sharing those uh, you know those elements from your life's journey and uh, this kind of brings us towards the last section of the ep- uh, the part- podcast which i call the guest book and in this section i ask my guests to share three ideas from their lives that has been a game changer for them Okay so I think uh, I would just be repeating myself when I say first of all believe in yourself because that is the most precious thing you have you know and through that believe in yourself being connected to others believe in others mm-hmm. because that is what brings out our empathy our capacity to walk in somebody else's because that that's what you know enables us to maybe live a richer life and then finally believe in life itself you know and uh, find moments of of calm within yourself stillness i think this is very very important in the year that we have lived through which is fortunately you know 
coming to a close uh, believe that something better is going to happen because if you cannot believe in that mm-hmm. you know you're not giving it the energy that it needs to flourish and to come out you know so um, mm-hmm. i also would like to say in a on the in a larger perspective i think all of us have been able to reflect a lot more this year you know we've had to put the pause mm-hmm. button we've had to reflect more deeply about what matters to us and to be anchored in our values and to cherish those values because i think what is unimportant mm-hmm. has fallen away by itself because of the immense challenge that this year has brought to all of us and yet i have constantly heard stories of courage of agility of the capacity people have to adapt right. so i think we have to uh, mm-hmm. you know um yeah to 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 remember all that and not just come out of it and forget you know all those deep emotions that all of us lived collectively uh, as humanity you know so uh, maybe that that's what i'd like to uh, to close on remember the lessons that we have learned and carry them forward for mm-hmm. for next year while looking forward yeah, to a much so brighter better way better year absolutely all of us have that hope you know and uh, we will be looking towards 2020 as you know believing something better is going to happen and uh, it's been my pleasure to host you paramita thank you once again for your valuable time and giving us that ray of hope and thanks to all my listeners for being here with us You can look forward to these Mind Mastery episodes on the 1st and 15th of every month. Your host signing off now and we'll be back with yet another inspiring episode. Stay tuned.